This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, as always, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 and get all the links to the show notes, the podcast, and the like. I want to play you part of David Faber's conversation on CNBC with the uh, PGA Tour commissioner who had tied Live Golf to the Saudis and 9-11 and all of that. You think they're going to respond positively? I mean, you're describing a scenario under which PIF at some point could have the majority of the economics, correct me if I'm wrong, of this entity. Essentially, the Saudis sort of people will say, oh, they control golf around the world. I'm just curious as to what you think the response is going to be. Well, listen. A lot of people have been reading about the tension, um, and that we've talked a lot. Um, and I said previously that we were going down our path, they were going down theirs. And today, that tension goes away. The litigation has dropped. We're announcing to the world that on behalf of this game, we're coming together. And it's, it's less about how people respond today, and it's all about how people respond in 10 years. And when they see the impact that we're having on this game together, there will be a lot of smiles on people's faces and there'll be a lot more people playing this game all over the world. And if you're a young player that wants to get to the highest level of the game today, you'll be more inspired than you've ever been. Jay Monahan is the PGA Tour commissioner. The PGA Tour, listen, I, I want to be very clear here. I... I I don't care about the so-called Saudi blood money attacks. Uh, Saudi Arabia has problems. A lot of other countries do too. Many of the country, many of the people and members of the press who are upset about Saudi Arabia are perfectly fine with concentration camps in China. Much of the hate about Saudi Arabia is actually derived from the climate change argument, and they just use the Jamal Khashoggi and the human rights abuses in Saudi Arabia as cover for it. They're fine with human rights abuses in China. My concern has never been Saudi Arabia. My concern has been that the PGA Tour was a meritocratic institution where if you played well, you got into the PGA Tour, you got your PGA card. And if you didn't start playing well, you fell out of the PGA Tour. 
And if you played hard enough, long enough, good enough for a long time, you were kind of grandfathered in and, and you never had to worry about dropping out. And when you look at Live Golf, what Live did is it took some of the very good players in the world, Brooks Kepka and others, paid them a lot of money to come in to play for Live Golf. But a number of the players who came in were also players who were on the verge of falling out of the PGA Tour but had big names. Full Swing is a documentary on Netflix. It's actually, I, I highly recommend it, and its first season was being filmed as Live Golf was, was coming to be in, in 2021 into 2022. It was, by the way, filming yesterday Rory McIlroy, who was the loudest proponent of the PGA Tour, went pretty savage on the Live Golf guys, uh, was filming as the news came in to him and all the other players about this merger. The players did not know about the merger. Now, some of you are listening to this. You're like, I don't care about the story. I don't care about golf. This is a larger story. Just this is the this is the entrance into the larger story. But I got to lay this out for you so that you understand where I'm headed. Live Golf took some of the big names. Greg Norman, the famous Australian golfer who turned his image and brand into a, a billion dollar industry. Phil uh, Mickelson, beloved golfer, uh, moved to live golf, older golfer. Uh, Brooks Kepka went, uh, a, a number of famous golfers went. But also, if you look, a lot of the golfers who went who are famous golfers were older golfers who were no longer in the top 20, let alone the top 40, some of them. But they got a lot of money. And a lot of players stayed behind in the PGA Tour because they valued the meritocracy of golf. To get into the PGA Tour, there, there's there's a, a subsidiary league, and, and I'm not going to be the expert here in, in, in explaining it to you, but there's, a, there's a, a league for younger players out of college called the Corn Ferry Tour. And if you win three in a row, you essentially get a, a battlefield uh, promotion straight into the PGA. But otherwise, you you play the Corn Ferry Tour, you excel above the other players, you get a PGA card at the end of the year. There are also qualifying events. I have a friend who's going to some qualifying events to get his PGA Tour card. You play better than the other players, you advance. It's very meritocratic. It's not based on who you are. It's based on what you can do in the golf course. And so you had guys like Tiger Woods turn down upwards of a billion dollars to go to the live tour. Rory McIlroy was allegedly being paid, going to be paid hundreds of millions of dollars to go to the live tour. Instead, Rory McIlroy became the leader of the PGA tour players and rallied players to stay in the PGA tour. And Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA tour last year went on television and said, it's a moral issue. It's a moral issue that you must stay in the PGA Tour because you've never had to apologize for being a PGA Tour player. Meanwhile, the Saudis were complicit in 9-11. Meanwhile, the Saudis killed Jamal Khashoggi. Meanwhile, the Saudis commit massive human rights abuses. And what started happening is, is uh, the Live Tour responded and said, well, you know, some of your sponsors of your, of your games, they take money from the Saudis. They sell arms to the Saudi Arabians. AT&T had had uh, deals with Saudi Arabia. Raytheon had deals with Saudi Arabia. And, and the PGA Tour was somewhat caught flat-footed. They chose to make it a moral issue. You can't take Saudi blood money 
And yet they were taking money from corporations that did business with Saudi Arabia. They looked a little hypocritical, but yet they maintained and the players bought into the idea that it was moral. Now, you ask a lot of the players, some of whom I know, and it's always for them really been about golf, that golf is a meritocratic sport. Golf is not like a lot of other sports. Uh, golf is you you win, you lose. You get your PGA Tour card, you may lose your pay, PGA Tour card, but you can compete and get better and come back in. It's a very meritocratic sport, and they wanted that meritocracy. They didn't want people to get millions of dollars just for the sake of their name. They wanted people to get the money because they played well. And they shook up the sport, and they made some changes to the sport so that the players who stayed in the PGA Tour would make more money. They guaranteed minimum payments to players who it's like $500,000, and if they played more and they did better and they got more than $500,000, then the PGA Tour would pull some of that money back to make everybody even but ensure that players were given stipends and advances because if you get into the PGA Tour otherwise, how do you even – pay for your air fare to get to the tournament. So the PGA stepped up. They made things helpful for the younger players, the newer players, the players who, who were slipping. They did good work, but they kept it meritocratic. And along the way, they kept making the moral case that you shouldn't get into bed with the Saudis until they did. And Jay Monahan, the man who said it was a moral issue and you shouldn't do it, is now going to be the CEO of the new enterprise. It turns out it was all about the money. And I got to say, I'm a big Rory McIlroy fan. That guy is, is he gets golf. He's been a, he was, he was kind of an arrogant golfer as a kid. He was very, very good as a, as a kid. And he's one of many golfers who got into golf because of Tiger Woods. But as he grew up and matured, he kind of became the ambassador for golf. He's the guy you want as a face for golf. He loves the game. He loves going in and inspiring young people to get into the game. He works with a lot of nonprofits that get kids into the game, and he believes in the meritocratic sport of golf. And that guy and Tiger Woods and a lot of others turned out a lot of money to stay in the PGA Tour, which has now sold them out for cash. It's always, at the end of the day, for these businesses about cash. Here's the transition. Target and Bud Light and other companies. They're not celebrating Pride Month per se because it's Pride Month. Many of them got heavily invested in Pride Month because it was good PR for them and they could sell a lot of merchandise. They could sell the rainbow until they couldn't. Now, for some companies, a lot of them very progressive, it is a, a big moral issue for them. But for most companies, it's just a financial decision. Uh, if you're a, a gay man, you probably do not have kids, which means you probably have more money than those of us who are married and have kids. You got a, a lot of spending power catering to that crowd. It makes perfect business sense. You can't blame them. It makes perfect business sense. But they pushed too far for example, on the trans issue with Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light or letting the organization that makes satanic apparel make the apparel for Target, and there's been blowback. It's always about the money at the end of the day. It's why the ESG stuff is you're, you're having conservative 
groups encourage states to pull money out of BlackRock and others because BlackRock takes this very high-minded approach that ESG is good, the Environmental Social Governance Scorecard for businesses, making sure they're doing progressive things. It's good for the environment. It's good for people. It's good for diversity. Actually, it's bad for finances. It's bad for portfolios. They underperform companies that are just in it for the money. And so now there's pushback on the financial front against these companies, and they're having to walk it back. They're slow walking back their support of ESG under pressure because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. And so that must be the lesson that you take from all of this, whether it's the PGA Tour or Target or Bud Light. If you cost them money and they realize they screwed up, they're going to come back. They make their decisions not based on their morals but on money. And when you have a company that comes out and tells you it's about the moral righteousness of the cause, at the end of the day, it probably is actually about the money. You and I may not be governed by money. We may want to have more money. We want to do things to make more money. But at the end of the day, you and I are also human beings, and we have a soul, and we have a sense of right and wrong. For companies, it tends to be about the profit because their job is to maximize return for shareholders. The PGA Tour commissioner is now going to be the CEO of a major corporation funded by the Saudis, something he said he would never do because it was moral. Shake a wad of cash in front of him, he changes his mind. It's about the money. And so for conservatives, when it comes to the culture war, you should look at what the PGA Tour just did with Live Golf. And you should remember, you get companies in the pocketbook, they're going to pay attention. I'm not actually an advocate of boycotts, but I do love boycotts. Buy from the companies who share your values. And don't buy from the companies that abhor your values. Target and Bud Light showed they actually, and with Bud Light, it's particularly bad because Bud Light's chief of marketing actually went on a a podcast or some such and did an interview and belittled the people who bought Bud Light. And that brand is now damaged, if not permanently, for a very long time. Sales are down again. And that company's had to pay attention and shake things up, and she's probably not coming back to her job, even though They say she's just on a leave of absence. She's probably not coming back because at the end of the day, it's about the money. You heard them in the pocketbook. They pay attention to you. The left is very good at boycotts. My advertisers get targeted a lot because of who I am and what I say. Thankfully, they've held with me. The left comes for advertisers. The left comes for the bottom line. They know this. And I'm not telling you you should become like the left because I don't believe that. You become like the left, you become the left. But what I am telling you is support the businesses that support your values. And you should remember as well that many of these companies, they may hide behind the morals of a cause. But at the end of the day, it's all about the Benjamins. It's all about the money. And that includes a company like Nike that lectures us morally on human rights but does business in China. Because otherwise, you wouldn't be able to afford to buy their shoes. It's all about the money. Bolin Branch uses the finest 100% organic cotton from family farms to your family home. They've got a natural unmatched softness and they get softer with every wash. Those are the highlights that Bolin Branch wants me to tell you about. Let me tell you about my experience as a longtime customer. Every single room in our house has Bolin Branch sheets. Why? Because they don't pill up over time. Uh, you know, some, they, they get a little like like pill of whatever they call it, and, and they get rough. They don't. They get softer 
every single wash and they last. They don't wear out. You don't have fraying threads. They just are fantastic and they really, really do get softer the more you wash them and they hold up over time. We love them in our house. They've got the perfect weight. They feel kind of snugly, but you don't get hot in the summertime under them, but you stay warm in the wintertime. It's just, it's, it's perfect. I love these sheets. Get 15% off your first order of Bull & Branch sheets. When you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BullandBranch.com, that's BullandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You will love these sheets as much as everybody in my family does. We got them on all five beds in the house. You can, too. It's Eric Erickson, the phone number 877-973-7425. Apparently, the city of Atlanta does not have a democracy. Doesn't have a democracy. That That's what you need to know because that's the opinion of a Yankee political activist, Hannah Riley, who is a transplant into Atlanta and it, it focuses on social justice, progressive social justice. And she tweeted the Atlanta city council after hearing over 15 hours of public comment against cop city passed an astonishing $67 million in funding for the project by an 11 to four vote. The people are incredible and there isn't democracy in Atlanta. People were there literally all day and night. The resistance has been so incredible. It's been incredible since the night of the first vote in the summer of 2021 when people protested outside council members' homes because everything was still done over Zoom. This is a progressive activist who moved into the city of Atlanta who's fighting a police training facility. In fact, almost all of the people who have been arrested in the protests have been from outside of Georgia. Progressives are going around the country doing this now. The latest just happens to be in my backyard, where if you build a police training facility anywhere in the country to better train police, the progressives show up and engage in terroristic activities and threats, and they get fawning political coverage from the media, fawning press coverage, and then they deny that there's democracy. So the city of Atlanta listened to the black residents of the city who want the police better trained. And they voted 11 to 4 in in favor of funding a police training facility. But these Yankee progressive transplants, who do not have the interests of the local residents at heart, showed up and claimed democracy doesn't exist because the democratically elected local leaders chose to listen to the local voters who elected them instead of the transplants from out of state who mean ill will towards the residents. Good. Build this police training facility. Arrest all these people and keep the project going. Good for the city of Atlanta. A city that seems like it's going to defy much of the progressive left and actually cater towards keeping businesses and residents protected, safe, and happy. Good. Now, I want your portfolio protected, safe, and happy, and you can do that with Advantage Gold if you give them a call. Check them out. See if they're a good fit for you. The phone number, 800-450-2566. With inflation, with the stock market, with geopolitical turmoil everywhere, Advantage Gold might be a good fit for you uh, to get precious metals into your 401k, your IRA, or just your general investment portfolio. 
800-450-2566 is the number. Advantage Gold give you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you what you need to know in order to comply with IRS rules related to precious metals. 800-450-2566. That's Advantage Gold's number. They're not gimmicky. They just want to educate you. They want to make you smarter about using precious metals. They want to give you all the resources you need to use precious metals. And I hope you'll reach out to them and give them some consideration. 800-450-2566. Whether it's for your IRA, your 401k, your general investment portfolio, see if Advantage Gold can help you learn how to use precious metals. 800-450-2566. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. If you want to be on the program, you are more than welcome to be a part of it. I want to go back to something I talked about yesterday: uh, the failures of cities. Because this one, actually, there's another story out that is directly relevant to this. So, let me just give you my my general synopsis here. Uh, white progressives have given up on cities. And you can see this in, for example, in San Francisco, where, I mean, they literally have maps about poop on the streets. If you want to avoid human feces on the streets of San Francisco or the heroin needles, here's your local maps where local citizens uh, put in reports of where they've seen it. I'm trying not to gag. It's so gross. A buddy of mine used to live in San Francisco. He's probably listening right now. Used to live in San Francisco, and he would send me pictures from his office. He worked for a tech startup and then a VC firm, and he'd send pictures from out his office window. And every time he sent me a a text, he would start with greetings from behind the Iron Curtain. And it'd be a picture of someone shooting up heroin. Uh, One time it was uh, someone shooting a gun at other people. Uh, Occasionally, it would be someone having dropped their britches, squatting down to poop. And that was in a uh, good part of San Francisco. The media has tried over time to be chief apologist for the collapse of cities and deny that any of it's happening. In fact, CNN has an entire beat dedicated to denying the reality of life in San Francisco, it seems. Uh, You've got CVS, Walgreens, Target, and others shutting down stores. And the CNN coverage, and I'm not making this up, was... Well, really, they're closing them down because they had so many and they don't have enough people. Well, the reason they don't have enough people anymore is because the people are fleeing the city because of the crime, and yet you you don't cover the crime. In fact, you listen to CNN and other places, and they tell you crime's not really that big a deal in San Francisco. Remember the executive, the, the, the cash app executive who got stabbed to death? And it turned out the guy was actually a swinger with some other guy's sister and in, 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 in this drug orgy underculture. In San Francisco, and a lot of conservatives, when the story came out, said, oh, look, another victim of San Francisco crime. And the media came out, ha-ha, suckers! It wasn't a stabbing by ro- random homeless man. It was a stabbing by a dude over a drug and orgy event. <laughs> Just like, really? I mean, they actually were like, ha-ha, suckers! It wasn't a homeless man who stabbed him to death. You got this one wrong. Are you going to apologize? One wrong doesn't make the narrative wrong. Progressives have given up on cities. They're turning them into third world hell holes. Look at what's happening in the city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta has like a homeless problem, but they've got a new mayor and the new mayor has been fighting to clean up the city. 
fighting to solve the homeless problem in the city, working with police. He's doing a good job. The, the crime statistics are improving. The number of crimes are down. Uh, the, the number of random shootings down. The number of burglaries down. The number of carjackings down. The number of murders down from when Keisha Crimeway Bottoms was the mayor of Atlanta. They're building a police training facility, and it is out-of-state progressive white kids from rich families mostly who have come to Atlanta, Georgia, to protest and demand an end to the cop facility. Is there anything more preening and paternalistic than a bunch of white Yankee kids from privileged families showing up somewhere in the South in a majority-minority neighborhood saying, no, you should not allow the police to be trained better so they're not gunning people down by mistake? The local black citizens would love better trained and more police. And it's the out-of-town white residents with silver spoons up their butts who show up and say, you're not allowed to do this. I mean, for those of you who don't know, the, the progressive activists with this place in Atlanta, this police training facility, they've actually firebombed a youth facility because the construction company that is building the uh, building the police training facility built the youth training facility. They firebombed a youth youth facility. They firebombed the, the construction workers' uh, business. They've shown up at churches where the construction workers for this police training facility go to church and disrupted church services. They've stalked the wives and children of the workers. Doesn't get national press coverage, but it happens. I know people this has happened to. And it's inevitably white kids from New England or, or the Pacific Northwest who show up in Atlanta, getting money from somewhere. One of Stacey Abrams' groups has been subsidizing these kids, and they're kids. And the black residents just want better trained police. It's the white progressives who have given up on cities. A while back, the Washington Free Beacon did a story, and the story was about the Biden administration giving out like uh, crack pipes and heroin needles and in uh, drug kits for people. And the Biden administration denied it, and the press ran out and said, oh, the Biden administration says they're not doing this. There's no proof. There's no proof. Turns out they were really doing it. They were really giving out crack pipes and heroin needles, claiming that if they gave clean crack pipes and clean heroin needles and syringes, that you'd be less likely to get hepatitis and STDs and AIDS and other things. And so they were doing it for the improvement of people. They, they weren't funding treatment. The same people who don't want mental health facilities and, and insane asylums refunded and rebuilt and repopulated, that they don't want to actually help the heroin addict get off heroin. They just want to give the heroin addict a heroin needle that's clean so they can keep the habit going. They've given up on actually helping people and in so doing, do it and claim they're doing it charitably. The latest comes from New York City. They've now set up vending machines in New York City where you can get crack pipes and heroin syringes and supplies. You can't get the drug itself, but you can get everything you need to consume the drug in the vending machines. This is the progressive solution. It's not to fix the problem. It's to make it so they don't have to deal with the problem. They can't admit their solutions failed. And so they're trying backdoor ways to keep bad things happening where they can turn a blind eye to them. They're literally putting up vending machines 
for crack pipes and heroin needles and other drug supplies. You don't have to roll up a dollar bill to snort your cocaine anymore. You can go get a little tube out of the vending machine that you can use cleanly to snort it and then throw the tube away. This is a sign of societal madness. And what it is, and you do need to understand this, is this really is a dereliction of duty because progressives can't admit their policies failed. They don't want to change their policies, and they paternalistically believe this is what the residents want. So I, I like stand-up comedy, and, and I used to not, and I've really gotten into stand-up comedy, particularly Dave Chappelle was kind of my gateway drug into stand-up comedy. Here's what I like about stand-up comedy. I talk on radio three hours a day, and I don't have a script. I write, jot down notes of things I want to talk about. I don't have a script. You'd be amazed at the number of people who think talk radio people have scripts. There are some who do, and you can tell who they are. Some come on after me. I don't use a script. I don't have script writers. Now, that's dangerous, too, because, I mean, you never know what's going to come out of my head through my mouth. But the job of the radio show host is to keep you entertained, keep you informed. And, and I do that by by talking to you about this stuff and trying to tell you some sort of story. And that's what I love about, for example, Dave Chappelle takes stories and weaves them together and, and gives you a little nugget of a story, weaves together some brilliant comedy with a great punchline at the end that ties together the little tidbits he gave you at the beginning. It, it's fantastic. He does a great job of it. So I watched John Mulaney. John Mulaney has a stand-up show on Netflix. Netflix has gotten into comedy and stand-up comedy. John Mulaney was the SNL writer, comedian, stand-up guy, had a horrible drug habit. His friends got him into rehab. At the end of 2020, he went into rehab, was there for quite a while. He was addicted to clonopin, which I had never even heard of, uh, Xanax, Percocet, and cocaine spending thousands of dollars a week on his cocaine habit. As an aside, I know someone who was telling me in New York City he does not do cocaine. This friend of mine does not, but he is in finance circles where he knows people who do, and they all have fentanyl strip testers. This is how bad their addiction is. They can't get over the cocaine, so they test it for fentanyl because a lot of cocaine is laced with fentanyl to make it more addictive, but the drug lords get the dosing wrong and you die. So the cokeheads in New York carry fentanyl strip testers to see if their cocaine has fentanyl before they snort it. It's bizarre. That should tell you you have a problem. And this guy, John Mulvaney, talking about his, his cocaine addiction, is talking about how addicted he was that at one point he called his accountant because he didn't want to go to rehab. He thought he could fight it. He called his accountant and said, you're not allowed to give me cash anymore unless I copy my doctor on the email. If I send you an email that says give me cash and I haven't copied my doctor, you can't give me any money. And then spent exorbitant energy trying to steal from himself. At one point, he found out he had money on a credit card. So he went and bought a Rolex watch for fourteen or $12,000 and then immediately turned around and sold it at a pawn shop for $6,000 to have the money to buy cocaine without having to email his accountant for cash. That's how addicted to cocaine he was. And he didn't want to be addicted to cocaine. He knew he needed to get over his addiction. He fought his addiction. And now the city of New York's genius solution is we're going to put snort tubes in a vending machine. 
Y'all people don't want to be, some people maybe want to be addicted to drugs. Most of them don't. They get addicted and don't realize they don't want to be addicted. Making it easier to service the addiction really isn't helping them. Funding mental hospitals and rehab facilities would be a lot better use of the money. But if they did that, they would have to admit their solutions have failed. Their progressive libertine, uh, just just feel good and get your jollies off way of life has failed society. We're looking at societal collapse in major cities around the country because progressive policies failed. And the white progressive solution is, well, let's just leave them to it and make it easier for them to continue their societal decline. We'll get rid of training police. I mean, we've spent, after the George Floyd riots, all this conversation on how the police brutality was bad and police need to be better trained, and now their solution is actually, let's just stop training the police altogether and maybe they'll go away. Well, we give crack pipes to the homeless people for free. Progressive solutions have failed. But there's something else. Voters failed. Because voters vote for the politicians who make the decisions. Like in Chicago, it was the middle class, non-white and white voters who voted for the more moderate guy, the wackadoo progressive communist who actually got elected. It was young white progressives and gangbangers of South Chicago who voted for the guy. The places with the worst crime and the most progressive people voted for the guy who elected. And now they're getting what they voted for. And it's going to cause more collapse as more people leave Chicago. We're watching the collapse of cities and the people left behind are the ones too drug out of addicted or progressive to realize they're seeing their societies collapse. At some point, you want Raz al Ghul and the League of Shadows to come in and just finish it off. We're watching societal collapse around us and the left can't admit their policy failures were failures. And so they're encouraging the further collapse of cities in the name of success, and they've got news outlets out there claiming their failures are actually brilliant successes. It's all very Orwellian. The problem is the rest of us will have to pick up the pieces. It will cost us. Ah, that's a problem. But now we have to move on because we got other stuff to talk about. We got happy stuff we have to talk about too. But before we get there, I need to tell you about Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, you're greeted with a discount code box. And that discount code would be my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. What is the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? For those of you who don't know, it's an air purifier. And it's filterless, so you don't have to get a filter subscription. It has electrostatic plates that trap the dust, the pollen, the mold. You just wipe it out on occasion. But where it really shines, the way I use it, this is an air odor eliminator. So for example, it you can hold it in your hand and I travel with it in my bag. In fact, I got to go to Denver, Colorado this week and I'm going to have it with me because Lord knows Denver stinks these days. I will have the Eden Pure Thunderstorm with me in my travel bag. You can get three of them for less than $200. You can wipe out smoke odors, uh, musty odors, pet odors, litter box odors, cooking odors, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. Clean the air in your house with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. One of my affiliates, uh, I, I want to speak just specifically to them. Uh, W-I-C-C. It's Bridgeport, Connecticut area. Uh, the I-C-C stands for Industrial Capital of Connecticut. It, old station, 96 years old. 
a great station, powerhouse up there in Connecticut. Goes all the way into Long Island, New York. And sadly, uh, my understanding is you guys are suffering from the latest Canadian import, along with much of the uh, Mid-Atlantic and New England areas of the nation. Smoke. Canadian wildfires are destroying the air quality. Uh, New York City today looks like uh, you should be able to see the shadow of Godzilla walking on the skyline. There's so much smoke in in Washington, D.C. It looks like fog. I got to imagine up in Bridgeport, it is terrible as well. And my apologies that you guys are having to go through this. I realize it's not my fault. I feel bad for you. We've had uh, the, the California wildfires a couple of years ago actually blew so much smoke across the nation. We got it here in Georgia still, and it was bad. And then uh, some wildfires broke out in North Florida, and we got it. And I know how awful it can be, and I, I pray you guys get some rain to at least help clear the air there. But these Canadian wildfires are, it is one of the worst, if not the worst, wildfires Canada has seen. 3.7 million acres of wildfire, uh, higher than normal fire activity. It's been dry up there. Uh, They've had some lightning strikes that have caused it. Now, my suspicion, and, and I don't know, but if it's like California, they in Canada probably weren't doing controlled burns. In fact, it turns out that controlled burns help prevent forest fires. Lightning uh, and possible human activity has done this. Uh, Climate change, of course, is what they are claiming. But I I have looked and looked, and while wildfires are normal across Canada and much of the western U.S., they're very rare in the Quebec area. Tends to get more moisture there the way the the jet stream flows. But it's a bad situation, uh, and the pictures are just astonishing from the mid-Atlantic states, New England, the New York area, just just pitiful. So um, I am sorry for those of you up in, in Bridgeport and New England having to deal with this awful situation, and hopefully we get some rain to wash out the air here soon. But gosh, uh, sorry about that.